Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Tell us a story about a time that you felt like you were being a, a bad husband, or maybe you fell short, you struggled, something like that. But things turned around, and you learned something from it. You got a lesson on how to make your marriage better, right? You don't get knocked back, you knock down struggles and stuff like that without coming back bigger and better and be wanting to be a better husband. So tell us a little story about when maybe you struggled a little bit, but the lessons that you learned from it were so incredibly powerful. Sure. Sorry. Which one did you want first? Husband or dad? Uh, let's go ahead and do husband first. Husband first. Okay. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying, I don't like thinking of things like when I'm being a bad husband or a bad dad, right? It's, it is, again, these are the hardest jobs in the world. And if you yeah. want to be great at them, you're going to keep pushing yourself and you're going to screw up and we're all going to screw up. So I don't think it's about being a bad husband or a bad dad. It's about, like you said, just recognizing that this isn't who I want to be. This isn't how I want to show up. And, uh, and I want to be better than this. Right. But if, if we, I think if we start labeling ourselves and saying like, I'm being a bad husband here, I think it's really easy to start beating yourself up. Um, as opposed to encouraging yourself to be better. So I know just a small distinction there, but you know, it's, it's, it's the way I like to think about it. Um, I completely so, understand. I, I think, yeah. especially when you're talking about yourself as a husband and a, a, a husband and as a dad, I think that understanding that terminology is, is a mental game where you can sit here and when you start talking about yourself as a bad husband or a bad parent, your actions start following that mentality. Whereas yeah. I, I, I love the way you put it. Yeah. And look, it's real easy to find the flaws, right? If you're looking for the flaws, they're, they're <laughs> going to be there all the time. Um, but you know, again, like you said, it's, it's about learning from it. It's about growing and it's about a commitment to being better every day. Um, so husband, one of them that stands out for me was actually pre husband. This is when we were still dating. Um, kids hadn't been born yet. And, uh, I was really into golf at the time. I was golfing quite a bit. You know, you, you, have, you tend to have a lot more time before you have kids. Um, <laughs> yep. So I was golfing quite a bit. And I had plans to go, I don't remember what it was, something golf related. I had plans to go. And my wife was with her sister. And her sister has now three boys. At the time, it was two boys. And they were, they were coming back from out of town together. The boys were screaming in the car. And my wife calls me and she says, hey, instead of my sister dropping me off at the house, would you be cool if she just went home and you picked me up at her house? And I said, well, I would, but like, I've got this thing I'm going to go to now. Um, like, can't she, she said she was going to drive you home. Can she just drive you home? And my wife was like, it would really help out if you could just come get me. And, and I, she is the most low maintenance person. I, I have no patience for high maintenance, quite frankly. <laughs> like I just don't, I have no room for like drama in my life. And so because she's not that and she would never abuse any of that or, or kind of push it too far. When she asks for something, I almost always make it work or the best I can. But look, I, I, I wasn't who I am today then. And I was more selfish. Um, 
And my answer was really like, no, I'm, I've got this thing that I was planning on doing and I'm going to go do that. And she said she was going to drive you home and just tell her to drive you home. Um, and I, it was hard for me to recognize at the time that I was really being selfish because I just thought, you know, she said she was going to do this thing. She should do it. I've got this other thing to do. I'm going to go do that. And there shouldn't be much of a conversation about that. But when my girl, you know, wife, girlfriend at the time explained it to me how, how much that bothered her, I really understood that I was being selfish. And I just, like I do with everything, I just asked myself the question, is this who I want to be? And the answer was no, I want to be better than this. Uh, I learned a lot from that, that yes, it's, you know, we, we if someone says they're going to do something, they should do it. Um, if you've got plans, like that's, that's cool. Those are your plans, but sometimes you got to wiggle and it doesn't mean you got to, you know, drop everything just because someone asked for help a little bit here and there. It means you're in it together and you got to act like you're in it together and you got to show up like you're in it together. And I just felt like that was one of those moments where I wasn't acting like we were in it together. I was acting like what's in it for me. Um, you know, again, it, it's, I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of being selfish and, and putting my needs ahead of my girlfriends, but I think we need to go through these things. Had I not gone through that, I probably would have kept being selfish and not realized that I was selfish. I think in my previous relationship, I must have been selfish because yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't aware that I was being selfish. I didn't think of that. Nobody thinks of that and says like, I'm selfish, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you right. do it because you don't realize you're doing it. Right. And, and so that was a big one for me. Um, I know it doesn't sound like maybe some huge screw up, but to me, it was, it was a big thing. Um, and you know, there's just little things like that that kind of show up every once in a while where I get, I, you know, I appreciate it when she calls me on not being, not holding myself to the standard that I want to be held to. And um, I need her to help me be the man that I want to be and the husband that I want to be. It's not something I can do alone. So I really do appreciate that. Uh, I find it happen. These kind of things happen a lot more being a dad than being a husband. Um, the, the moments where I'm like, Oh man, I need to be better here. So being a dad, did you want me to go into a dad story or did you want to have a, go for it. Yeah. yeah okay. So one, one of the things that I'm, I'm, that I'm continuously working on as a dad is so up until very recently, my wife, I was a bedside nurse and worked nursing hours, which were very difficult. I would say non-family friendly hours, um, which meant a lot of solo childcare for me, which look as, as a guy who's running his own business, which takes up a ton of mental bandwidth anyway, right? As, as any entrepreneur knows and the ups and downs and the, the mental gym right now is, is in many ways, this new part of my business that, that needs my full attention. And, uh, taking care of a one and a three-year-old alone so much was really, really taxing. Um, and I would get frustrated with them and I would get short with them sometimes. And it's not like I would yell at them or scream at them, but I would certainly get short and I, it's not their fault. You know, like my three-year-old's just being three. He's a wonderful kid, but he's still three and he does three-year-old things. Um, and I would just find myself getting a little too short, a little too fast and a little too frustrated, a little too fast, a little too angry, a little too fast. Um, and I know that it's not them. It's me. Yeah, I know that. I know the easy thing to do is to blame them, but I mean, yes. Are they, is it tough? Absolutely. It's tough, but blaming them is not going to change anything. So I just keep pushing myself to be better and to be better and to pay attention to when I'm getting triggered. And when I feel like my buttons are getting pushed, um, it still hasn't completely gone away, but it's so much better than it was even a few months ago. Yeah. Um, 
just because it's something that I, I, I know how important it is. And so I just keep working on it. So at no point do I call myself, you know, like you're being a bad dad here when that I get a little bit frustrated or I feel my, you know, the, the blood boiling a little bit, but, um, but I do stop and reflect and just keep asking myself that question. Is this the dad I want to be? And then you just keep working on it and you keep working on it and you keep getting better. Um, I'm thrilled to say that my wife recently has started a new job, uh, same hospital, same unit, but she's not on nurse hours anymore, which is wonderful. Um, and we're, we're on kind of normal hours now, which I just, I just love because I've got so much more bandwidth now. We get to be a family now, like all of our, all the time together again. And um, that's really great. So there's just a, a little aside that something that's a real bonus in our lives. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I think that's a lesson that, as dads, we need to learn. And a lot of times we need to continue to learn is this idea of is understanding our kids. And a great example yeah. is anyone who's listening to this can hear our 18 month old daughter in the background singing and, and she's doing some different, uh, making some different sounds and stuff like that. And it would be really easy to, Oh man, why can't she be quiet? You know, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to you know, have a, a great conversation uh, on a podcast, which is going to go out. But also understanding that her 18-month-old mind is paying attention to how we react to her. Absolutely. And when we understand that everything we do, she's going to react to, that demands a change on our part. That demands patience. That demands uh, an understanding. Uh, even while we're working, even while we're doing a podcast, even while we're doing other things, and we're like, oh, man, can you, can, can, can you be quiet for like, three seconds but if we don't have that understanding of where she's at and that again a happiness that oh look mommy and daddy i get to hang out with them if we don't understand that that is when we start losing this idea of gratitude and being thankful for each and every single moment uh, with our children yeah you know I, I like something i really like something you said just there it makes me think a lot about modeling the behavior you want your kids to learn um it is so easy for parents to give verbal lessons. You should do this. This is the way to do it. Da, da, da. But are you walking the walk? Because you know, everybody knows the first time or the many, many times you said something, something came out of your mouth and you sounded like your dad or you sounded like your mom. <laughs> like, hey, I, I did not plan on this happening. But sure enough, you're becoming a version of your parents, right? Because you spent all those years just sponging up everything. Everything you learned about the world for the very first time was watching them. Where did I learn how to be a husband? From my dad. That's where we all learn. So I think it's so important to recognize that and then to hold yourself to the highest standard that you can of the role model that you want to be so that your kids learn from you. Don't preach the message of going after your dreams and then not do it yourself. Don't preach your message about treating people well and then you don't treat people well or about respect and you're not respectful about honesty, and you're not honest. Just, just walk the walk, and it's so important, and you're not gonna be perfect. No one's gonna be perfect. We're gonna screw up, and we're gonna screw up a lot, but the idea is that we hold ourselves to a higher standard. We don't give some cop-out answer for why it's not working out. We look ourselves in the mirror, and we insist on being better. Every day, just a little bit better every day. It reminds me of the book, um, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Darren? Yeah. I know of it. I haven't read it. Okay. Yeah. I've read it part of it. I don't think I've actually ever read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, he talks about how like if you, um, um, if you have two people walking 
um, the same direction and one of them turns just an increment the wrong way, eventually they will be really, really far, miles Absolutely. apart from each other. Absolutely. That tiny little bit of change. Um, so how does your wife keep supporting you as you're doing your entrepreneurial journey? You talked a lot about how she's supporting, how, do you, how you're supporting, well, sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, how are, <laughs> you talked a lot about your wife already. Um, so how are um, how is your wife supporting you as you're be taking on this new project that you talked about, this mental gym thing that you said is fairly new? Um, how is she supporting sure. you? Yeah. So yeah, the mental gym is like the ev the evolution of my work. It's it's you know the evolution of the personal greatness project. Um, so this is a kind of an interesting dynamic we have with my being an entrepreneur and her very much not one. Um, she comes from a very blue collar family with a blue collar mentality. Um, you know, money is scarce in that sort of mentality. It's, it's you, you don't dream big. You don't go after what you want. You just get a job to pay the bills and that's the end of it. Um, and that's kind of what work is for. So my, uh, my father-in-law, for example, and I, I love the crap out of him. We have a wonderful relationship. I have fantastic in-laws. They're just, they're just great people, but we differ very much on the idea of, of kind of what work is for. And, and um, yes, you need to pay the bills. That goes without saying. But the idea that any old job to pay the bills is the answer is, is the furthest thing from the way that I think. Um, you're not going to live your 10 otherwise. So my wife falls somewhere in the middle. She's not her parents and she's not me. Um, even for someone with entrepreneurial blood and heart and soul, it is still a really scary way to live. There are so many ups and downs. There are so many times where you want to quit and just, you know, go get a job for some, you know, and uh, give up on this, this big vision that you have or this big dream. And then there's so many high points too. And for somebody who's not wired that way, um, as she kind of says a lot of the time, she's just kind of, kind of, kind of got to stand back and let it happen because if it was up to her, it wouldn't be like this. Yeah. Right. Um, although she's adamant that there's no other option because I wouldn't be happy otherwise. Mm -hmm. So there's no way she would want to stand in the way of it, but yeah, she's absolutely uncomfortable with it. Um, it's scary, but she knows, she knows me and she knows that I, there's no other way. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, I think she's just super supportive in, in understanding that, that we are very much like you mentioned earlier, like complementary pieces. We're definitely not the same. We share a lot of things in common. Again, like our parenting philosophy is right on our marriage philosophy is right on, but, but we're different people and I need her to be different for me. I need her to be, um, ultra practical in the way that she thinks I need her I don't want to call it, you know, kind of small thinking in that she, it's just kind of the opposite of like the big dreamer. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's not, it's just, she thinks in a kind of in the way she was taught to think quite frankly. And so I, but I love that about her. I love how, how much of a compliment that is to my thinking where I think big and I think big vision and I think creating great things. Um, so I, yeah, I think I have, look, I've heard this from a lot of entrepreneurial men, especially that their non-entrepreneurial wife doesn't get it 
and is freaked out by it and would kind of like it to stop, but you find your balance and you understand what, what's really going to make you happy and you support that in each other. Yeah, there's something that you're saying that I, I, I love what I'm hearing. And there's so many marriages out there that don't seem to understand this concept. And, and we'll, we'll get to the other side here in a second. And that concept is a simple marriage is 100% on each party. When I get married, that means I am 100% living for my wife. That means that I am committed to making sure her hopes and her dreams are coming true. That means I'm committed to trying to encourage her and, and, and trying to push her into being whatever her, however she defines as 10. Hmm. That means when I'm married, my job is to support and be everything I can be to her so that she can live in her zone. And I love that about what you're saying because there's so many people out there that, that say, you know, marriage is 50-50. You know, if I give 50% of myself to my spouse, then that's what makes for a happy marriage. You know, we hear seri- uh, sayings all the time, you know, happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. And I love what you're saying because, again, it's that 100% mentality. You see, as a spouse, when we give 100% to our spouse and then when they give 100% back, we don't have to worry about filling up our own cup. We can then live in our element, pushing each other towards the best version of ourselves. Mm. I, I love that about what you're saying. It's so powerful. Can I, uh, can I agree and disagree? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I absolutely agree that, that it's, a, it's a big fault to say 50-50 that that leads to trouble. And I have seen and heard from many people in relationships that have fallen apart. They said, well, I did my 50%, but they didn't do theirs. That's why your relationship didn't work. Um, It is 100-100. But to me, that 100 is not about giving 100% of yourself to the other person. It's about taking 100% responsibility for the success of your marriage or any relationship. So I agree with you on the 100-100 part, absolutely. Where I disagree with you is on giving hundred percent of yourself to the other person's happiness or success, because I think it can work clearly in your situation. It's working very well. Um, I think that can also lead to a lot of resentment. You put the other person's needs ahead of your own. And the truth is both sets of needs matter equally. And as soon as you put one set of needs above the other, it's going to lead to resentment. It's going to lead to some sort of a breakdown. It's not going to work out in the long term. Um, Yes, you want your partner to be amazing and live their 10 and be happy and be fulfilled and go after whatever they want, but you need to do that too. And the beauty comes when you can do that together, supporting each other in it together, not putting one of you ahead of the other. And I think it's too easy for so many people who are very loving and giving and generous people to put their own needs last. That's a really common thing for parents to do. Yeah. Um, but I always think of it this way. If you know, when you're on an airplane and one of the very first things they tell you is, you know what I'm going to say here, the oxygen mask, right? So just, you know, for your, for your listeners here, when, when there's trouble and the oxygen masks fall down, you make sure you put it on yourself first before you take care of anybody else. And it is such an important thing to understand. You need to take care of yourself. You've got to prioritize your own well-being, your own physical well-being, your own mental well-being, your own happiness, everything so that you can show up better for everybody in your life, for your parents, sorry, for your kids, for your partner, for your friends, for work, everything. And when you put yourself last, 
you're giving half of what you could give to them. So when people ask me the question, they're like, well, isn't it selfish to put myself first in those situations? I say, I'm going to flip the script on you. I think it's selfish not to, because it means you're giving less of yourself to everybody else. They deserve your best. So give them your best. That, that's actually, yeah, no, I, I hundred percent, I actually really agree with you. Um, because we've had here, been hearing a lot in the, on, um, personal development world about self-care <laughs> lately. Yeah. And I think it is necessary. I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown a little while ago and what I needed was to better care for myself. I was mm -hmm. overworking. I was not sleeping well. We had small children that I was trying yep. to and, and I, it really came down to I was not taking care of myself. And so that really, yeah, I, I do agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a really big theme, but um, I'm just big on the science of things. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, we don't need room for opinion on a lot of this stuff when there's science about it. So look, obviously you got young kids, you know, sleep's going to take a hit sometimes, but I think it's still... It all comes down to what you prioritize, what you put first, and that's what's going to get done. Um, as best you can with young kids, you know, how do you prioritize sleep? And then, you, you know, or things like exercise or eating well or meditation, um, anything that you need to do to take care of yourself. It is especially hard when you've got young kids, for sure it is. But, you know, like, no what, can, what can we do? Yeah, your kids are small too. <laughs> so you yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, what can we do about it? How can we take care of ourselves? How can we avoid the inevitable breakdowns that happen a lot and are very common? Yeah. Um, and not just, not just kind of hovering on avoiding the breakdown. Like again, when we talk about living your 10 or living your seven, when we talk about things like mental health, I think so many people think about, well, if I'm not very clearly breaking down, then I'm fine. Mm -hmm. and that's not true. So if you look at it on a scale from one to 10, where most people would be at a five, if you're at a two, you're really struggling. Let's work to get you up to a four or five so that you're not obviously struggling, but all the amazing stuff happens on that top end of that scale. Yeah. Right. Mental health should be a very proactive approach. It shouldn't be, I'm suffering. It should be, how can I be better? How can I show up better and have a, just a way better defense against all these other things that are coming our way, the stress, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the breakdown. So, um, I mean, look, this is just a, a bigger conversation that's happening in society now about mental health, which is great. Um, but we, I think we really need to focus on being mentally healthy, not just mental, not just not being mentally unhealthy. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. Um, on the right side of that spectrum rather than just expecting yeah. I mean, it's all a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a spectrum. We like to think of everything like you're happy, you're not happy. That's not true. There's a, there's a huge range of happy and unhappy, right? You're successful, you're unsuccessful. You've got a good relationship, you don't have a good relationship. I mean, you name it, but it doesn't work that way. Absolutely. So where do you want to be on that scale? It's a choice. It's entirely a choice. You pick a number and you just commit to it. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to start wrapping up. We've been talking for quite a while. We're going to flip this up into a few, probably a few episodes. Um, so where can we get, um, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> where are, what are some of your favorite family and marriage and parenting resources? This could be books, influence, influencers, podcasts. Uh, yeah. So, um, I will admit that my wife does most of the, the legwork on gathering information for us, but one of my favorites, and this was especially big, um, a little while ago was reading Janet Lansbury. I really loved her. Um, I just found that her, um, she really helped me get clear on 
or out us get clear on our parenting philosophies and kind of the the habits and the principles that go along with it. Um, so that's been, she's been really big for us. Um, my wife really likes somebody, I forget her name. She's a, she's in her, her uh, membership, Alana. Sorry, Alana, I'm forgetting your last name right now. I should have asked my wife, um, but she's been really great for a lot of resources too. Um, those I'd say are kind of my, my top two. I, you know, I'm a big Janet Lansbury fan. And I will say this, it's not that I agree with everything she says, and it's not that we implement everything, but I think she's been a really good, um, or given us a really good framework to build our own from, which I think is going to be big for anybody, right? Yeah. Thought-provoking juices going is sometimes- Big time, big time. Yeah, and there's some stuff we, we look at her and we're like, nah, I don't know about that. Um, but for the most part, she's, I, I, I'm a big fan. Um, that's awesome so what are some ways that people can get a hold of you get in contact with you if they want to learn more about you and and your mission and and uh, the mental gym yeah so uh you can check out our website personalgreatnessproject.com that's personalgreatnessproject.com you can check uh check out instagram if you're on instagram at the personal greatness project uh those are the two best ways to uh get in touch with us um if you want to talk, if you want to learn more about the mental gym, if you want to learn more about what we're up to and why this mission matters so much, just, just reach out. Easy to connect with through the website and um, easy through, through Instagram too. Excellent. Yeah, I was perusing your uh, website a little bit earlier today. So yeah, it's, it's really simple, it looks like, to get a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, we, I want to talk to people. Yeah. I want to talk to people who are meant for more, who want to become that version of themselves and want to join us on quite frankly making the world better by doing that great and all of those links um will be on our show notes if anybody missed those or want to find them later on um thank you so much uh for being with us today Corey. it was it was this was fantastic and i feel like we could have talked for hours more <laughs> uh, this is great no my pleasure thank you again for having me it was awesome Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement Podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.